Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. In its simplest definition, a covenant is an agreement. In the Old Testament, those were usually uh, in the ancient Near East, suzerain vassal treaties, meaning king and subjects. It was transactional. And the beautiful part of the biblical story is that God's covenants follow a similar pattern, except that God always keeps his side of the agreement with the nation of Israel. But what about in the New Testament? <laughs> hey, hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, which is our part of our journey together where we commit together to reading through every word of God's revelation of himself Monday through Saturday and considering our own life and work stories in light of that. A new covenant, or I should say the new covenant in the New Testament, similarly includes God's faithfulness. But it unfolds quite differently, as you'll hear today. Today's New Testament segment continues where we began on Saturday. It's going to be really short because we're going to wrap up the book of Joshua. But the New Testament crew is now in Greece. And if you listen closely, you're going to hear a little something that should inform how we live today related to the promise from God with regard to the New Covenant. Acts chapter 16. Paul went on to Derby and Lystra, where there was a disciple named Timothy, the son of a believing Jewish woman, but his father was Greek. And if you are wondering, by the way, if it's that Timothy <laughs> that has a couple books in the, Old, in the New Testament, uh, the answer is yes, that Timothy. The brothers and sisters at Lystra and Iconium spoke highly of Timothy. And Paul wanted Timothy to go with him, so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, since they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled through the towns, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem for the people to observe, so the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. They had been forbidden, catch this friends, they had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they came to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man was standing and pleading with him, cross over to Macedonia and help us. After he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And my friends, that gets us up through verse 10. Pretty short wisdom segment, but that's because we got, a, I think, a beautiful thing coming up here in the Old Testament. But one thing I want to point out before we leave behind our New Testaments. As we think through the future of our lives... We must always be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and God's call to, well, stay or go. And I just, it just struck me today in part because uh, I've got some decisions to make in my own life and you can pray for that. 
been called by a church and in, in interviewing process with them. But more importantly for all of us, in a new covenant sense, and we see it all throughout the book of Acts, the themes of you will be given the power of the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses, right? And that is true whether you have a taco truck or a law firm or, or whatever. So this is also, I think, a big deal as we turn to our Old Testament segment and wrapping up the book of Joshua. So you will recall that after the first five books of the Bible, sometimes referred to as the books of Moses or the law, Joshua kicks off what uh, in the Hebrew Bible are called the writings, or in this case, this is historical narrative. And just a quickie summary, they crossed into the land, they took the land, they divided the land, which we wrapped up on Saturday, and now, as the conquest subsides and the allotments have been secured, serving the Lord in the land is is kind of the theme of this last bit, including covenant renewal. Joshua picking up in chapter 22. Joshua summoned the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh and told them, You have done everything Moses the Lord's servant commanded you and have obeyed me in everything I commanded you. You have not deserted your brothers even once this whole time, but have carried out the requirement of the command of the Lord your God. Now that he has given your brothers rest, just as he promised them, return to your homes in your own land that Moses the Lord's servant gave you across the Jordan. Only carefully obey the command and instruction that Moses the Lord's servant gave to you to love the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, keep his commands, be loyal to him, and serve him with all your heart and all your soul. Joshua blessed them and sent them on their way, and they went to their homes. Moses had given the, half, the territory of the, to the half-tribe of Manasseh in Bashan, but Joshua had given territory to the other half with their brothers on the west side of the Jordan. When Joshua sent them to their homes and blessed them, he said, Return to your homes with great wealth, a huge number of cattle and silver, gold, bronze, iron, and a large quantity of clothing. Share the spoil of your enemies with your brothers. The Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh left the Israelites at Shiloh in the land of Canaan to return to their own land of Gilead, which they took possession of according to the Lord's command through Moses. And when they came to the region of the Jordan in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh built a large, impressive altar there by the Jordan. Then the Israelites heard about it and said, Look, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh have built an altar on the frontier of the land of Canaan at the region of the Jordan on the Israelite side. And when the Israelites heard this, the entire Israelite community assembled at Shiloh to go to war against them. My friends, is how and where we worship important? Uh, yeah, not in the same way, but the principle remains. Continuing. The Israelites sent Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, to the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead. And they sent ten leaders with him, one family leader from each tribe of Israel. And all of them were heads of their ancestral families among the clans of Israel. They went to the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh in the land of Gilead and told them, This is what the Lord's entire community says. 
What is this treachery you have committed today against the God of Israel by turning away from the Lord and building an altar for yourselves so that you are in rebellion against the Lord today? Wasn't the iniquity of Peor, which brought a plague on the Lord's community, enough for us? We have not cleansed ourselves from it even to this day, and now you would turn away from the Lord? If you rebel against the Lord today, tomorrow he will be angry with the entire community of Israel. But if the land you possess is defiled, cross over the land to the... Uh, cross over to the land the Lord possesses where the Lord's tabernacle stands and take possession of it among us. Don't rebel against the Lord and against us by building for yourselves an altar other than the altar of the Lord our God. Wasn't Achan son of Zerah unfaithful regarding what was set apart for destruction, bringing wrath on the entire community of Israel? He was not the only one who perished because of his iniquity. The Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh answered the heads of the Israelite clans, saying, The mighty one, God the Lord, the mighty one, God the Lord, he knows, and may Israel also know, do not spare us today if it was in rebellion or treachery against the Lord that we have built for ourselves an altar uh, to turn away from him. May the Lord himself hold us accountable if we attended, intended to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings on it or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it. We actually did this from a specific concern that in the future your descendants might say to our descendants, what relationship do you have with the Lord, the God of Israel? For the Lord has made the Jordan a border between us and the descendants of Reuben and Gad. You have no share in the Lord, so your descendants may cause our descendants to stop fearing the Lord." Therefore we said, Let's take action and build an altar for ourselves, but not for burnt offering or sacrifice. Instead, catch this, friends, just like other piles of stones in the book of Joshua, instead, it is to be a witness between us and you, between the generations after us, so that we may carry out the worship of the Lord in his presence with our burnt offering, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to our descendants, you have no share in the Lord. We thought that if they said this to us or our generations in the future, we would reply, look at the replica of the Lord's altar that our ancestors made, not for burnt offering or sacrifice, but as a witness between us and you. We would never ever rebel against the Lord or turn away from him today by building an altar for burnt offering, grain offering, or sacrifice other than the altar of the Lord our God, which is in front of his tabernacle. When the priest Phineas and the community leaders, the heads of Israelites, clans who were with him, heard what the descendants of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. Phineas, the son of Eleazar the priest, said to the descendants of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is among us because you have not committed this treachery against him. As a result, you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's power. And then the priest Phinehas, son of Eleazar, and the leaders returned from the Reubenites and Gadites in the land of Gilead to the Israelites in the land of Canaan and brought back a report to them. And the Israelites were pleased with the report and they blessed God. They spoke no more about going to war against them to ravage the land where the Reubenites and Gadites lived. So the Reubenites and Gadites named the altar, and this is the name, it is a witness between us that the Lord is God. A long time after the Lord had given Israel rest from all the enemies around them, 
Joshua was old, advanced in age. So Joshua summoned all Israel, including its elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age, and you have seen for yourselves everything the Lord your God did to all these nations on your account, because it was the Lord your God who was fighting for you. See, I have allotted these remaining nations to you as an inheritance for your tribes, including all the nations I have destroyed from the Jordan westward to the Mediterranean Sea. The Lord your God will force them back on your account and drive them out before you so that you can take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. Be very strong and continue obeying all that is written in the book of the law of Moses so that you do not turn from it to the right or the left and so that you do not associate with these nations remaining among you. Do not call on the names of their gods or make an oath to them. Do not serve them or bow in worship to them. Instead, be loyal to the Lord your God as you have been to this day. The Lord has driven out great and powerful nations before you, and no one is able to stand against you to this day. One of you routed a thousand because the Lord your God was fighting for you as he promised. So diligently watch yourselves. Love the Lord your God. If you ever turn away and become loyal to the rest of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry and associate with them and they and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will not continue to drive out these nations before you. They will become a snare and a trap for you, a sharp stick for your sides and, your th- and thorns in your eyes until you disappear from this good land the Lord your God has given you. I, by the way, doesn't that sound like a covenant? Yep, blessings, cursings, here's, here's the, con- the stipulations of the contract, right? Joshua continues, I am now going the way of the whole earth, and you know with all your heart and all your soul that none of the good promises the Lord your God made you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you, not one promise has failed. Since every good thing the Lord your God promised has come about, so he will bring on you every bad thing until he has annihilated you from this good land the Lord your God has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord your God, which he has commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow and worship to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly disappear from this good land that he has given you. Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and summoned Israel's elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from beyond the region of the Euphrates River, led him throughout the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and I gave the hill country of Seir to Esau as a possession. Jacob and his sons, however, went down to Egypt, and I sent Moses and Aaron, and I defeated Egypt by what I did within it, and afterward I brought you out. When I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and you reached the Red Sea, the Egyptians pursued your ancestors with chariots and horsemen as far as the sea. Your ancestors cried out to the Lord, so he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea over them, engulfing them. Your own eyes saw what I did to Egypt. After that, you lived in the wilderness a long time. 
Later, I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived beyond the Jordan. They fought against you, but I handed them over to you. You possessed their land, and I annihilated them before you. Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, set out to fight against Israel. He sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Instead, he repeatedly blessed you, and I rescued you from him. You then crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. Jericho's citizens, as well as the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, Jebusites, Gigabites, and Megabites, and they fought against you, but I handed them over to you. I sent hornets ahead of you, and they drove out the two Amorite kings before you. It was not by your sword and bow. I gave you the land that you did not labor for, cities you did not build, though you live in them, and you are eating from vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. Therefore, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and truth. Get rid of the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and worship the Lord. But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today. Which will you worship? The God of your ancestors the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living? As for me and my family, we will worship the Lord. The People replied, We will certainly not abandon the Lord to worship other gods. For the Lord our God brought us and our ancestors out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of slavery, and performed these great signs before our eyes. He also protected us in all along the way we went, and uh, among all the peoples whose lands we traveled through. The Lord drove out before us all the peoples, including the Amorites who live in the land. We too will worship the Lord, because He is our God. Now catch this, friends. This is really interesting. But Joshua told the people, You will not be able to worship the Lord because He is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and worship foreign gods, He will turn against you, harm you, and completely destroy you after He has been good to you. No, the people answered Joshua. We will worship the Lord. And then Joshua told the people, You are witnesses against yourselves that you yourselves have chosen to worship the Lord. We are witnesses, they said. Then get rid of the foreign gods that are among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. So the people said to Joshua, We will worship the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people at Shechem and established a statute and ordinance for them. Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God, and he, here we go, he also took a large stone and set it up there under the oak at the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, you see this stone, it will be a witness against us. For it has heard all the words the Lord said to us, and it will be a witness against you so that you will not deny our God. And then Joshua sent the people away, each to his own inheritance. After these things, the Lord's servant Joshua, son of Nun, died at the age of 110. They buried him in his allotted territory in Timnath-Sira, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. 
Israel worshiped the Lord throughout Judah's life, Joshua's lifetime and during the lifetimes of the elders who outlived Joshua and who had experienced all the works the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, or Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the parcel of land Jacob had purchased from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of silver. It was an inheritance for Joseph's descendants. And Eleazar, son of Aaron, died, and they buried him at Gibeah, which had been given to his son Phinehas in the hill country of Ephraim. And that, my friends, is the book of Joshua. What could possibly go wrong? My friends, I have kind of a, I mean, really the very next thing to read is a psalm. I think I'm going to start tomorrow with a psalm. So assuming you are probably binging on these like you binge on Netflix, that's where we'll pick up tomorrow. Lord God, would you just help us to see more clearly the way that your new covenant works for us today? That just like the blessings and curses were a promise and a transaction that determined um, whether or not we were in or out of violation with the covenant with you. Lord, I thank you that Jesus paid the price of the covenant that we couldn't keep, that your grace is free and abundant despite my junk. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that each person listening here we just have a new and renewed sense of your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, how you are perfectly just, but because you so loved the world, you sent your only son when you knew that we couldn't keep that covenant. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.